we are all humans having human experiences. And sometimes it's to the point where society expects us to just work a nine to five all day, every day, and expect that to be life and doesn't treat us. I mean, okay, now I'm getting into that, but (laughs) it's like, I just, healing out loud is the idea that perfection doesn't exist in a human being. And by being honestly uh, raw and vulnerable and yourself, you're allowing yourself to be perfect in your way. So weird. Greetings, star seeds, and welcome to a cosmic journey, the comedy podcast about science and spirituality, where we discuss everything in the universe, from the physical to the metaphysical. <laughs> I'm Debbie Wild, and I'm Jay Maceo. Uh, this week, we've got cosmic news stories, like how one of the largest U.S. hospital chains is now suing patients under the pandemic. Or how a woman thought it was a good idea to get close to a family of bears and record them in Yellowstone. To our viral amusement, of course. On our YouTube channel, Monday, you can catch Cosmic News Stories in a format. And on Wednesday, you can catch my Comic Insights, where I'll be talking about how to build good habits and how to break bad ones. So be sure to subscribe. There we go. Also, later on in the show, we take a deep dive into a black hole. Ka-splash! To interview our new friend, astrologer, tarot reader, and numerologist, Mimi Fulco. Yay. Yay. How has this week been for you? <sighs> new phone, who dis? New phone, who dis? Uh, it's, it's been challenging. It's been up. It's been, uh, it's been a week. It's been a week, yeah. Yeah. Just like... I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> it's I'd rather hear about your week. I realized that I had the tuna and I said, I'm going to eat tuna, but I'm going to like. <laughs> I, I smell the tuna. <laughs> and I was like, but I'm going to brush my teeth right after the tuna. <laughs> and then and we, we're, we're switched today. So I'm on this yeah. side. It, th- it threw you completely off, didn't it? <laughs> it does, because I'm like, I never even when I go to re- when I go to restaurants, I yeah. never even when people are like, oh, sit inside. I'm like, I'm sitting outside. Yeah. Like I always get. Oh, it's like a cat. You know how like cats want to like if you they'll they want to like leave the room. Yeah. If you close the doors, like Meow. yeah. Sorry, I just fucked shit up right now. That's all right. We're, <laughs> that's that's how this show's going. That's how this show goes. How about your week? How was your uh, week? This week was better than last week. I had, um, I mean, I just worked all week pretty much, and and it was just kind of like whatever. And and I. What did happen this week? <laughs> I, I mean, nothing eventful, I think, happened this week. Um, I, something interesting that is going to be happening is on Sunday, I'll be going back to my first yoga class in forever. Ooh, wait. Not naked yoga. I was about to say, no, not, not butt naked yoga? He, he, not butt naked yoga. He he hasn't actually done a, a, a nude yoga class in a while. And, and But same teacher. The same teacher, yeah. Ooh. So this is like an outdoor. It's going to be a bigger group, I think, too. Males and females. Um, but it's all, all outdoors and stuff. But it's actually... Outdoor yoga. The first yoga class that I took with him was this same class. So it's like a cannabis out 
side kind of like it's more it's more physical than it is yoga there is yoga involved but it's mm-hmm. more kind of like like really like exercise oh okay yeah aerobics and all that stuff yeah i need it for sure we do some of that that shaking, yes. shaking the titties yeah <laughs> shake them titties baby mm. um so we're actually going to be gone the next two weeks so mm. you have something going on I don't know why I'm like. I'm I don't know like why you said. Yeah, I don't know why I'm, I'm smiley face. I'm just I, today. I've been. I'm just today. I've just been like boohooing everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. do you want to talk about it? I mean, we already talked about it beforehand. We don't have to go into details, obviously, but or we could just avoid it altogether. No, I mean, I just uh, I'll, the short version is that it, you we can try to help people sometimes, yeah. and certain times people don't want help. Yeah, and I've just been helping a friend, and it cost me a lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. And this friend did not want help. We went to the doctor. The doctor was like, "You need to go to the freaking emergency room right now." Dude didn't want to go, and I realized that I'm just helping somebody. Or I can't be. I can't be a doctor, and if they won't go to a doctor, so anyhow, uh, this this is a show about science and spirituality. Yeah. So that is very unspiritual and unscientific. So well, no, it's it's a lesson. It is. And, it's and life lesson. There, there's definitely like an importance to that, and you know, you can't help someone who doesn't want help. Yeah. I've been there millions of times. I, I, you know, it has cost me at times as well. But, you know, I, I will just say this, that like when someone is is doing all that mm-hmm. for, you know, no reason whatsoever, other than the fact that they're just they're just being selfish. Yeah. And but they're the anger involved. It's, they're not necessarily anger, angry at you. It's, just, they're, they're angry with themselves because they, they got themselves to that point. Yeah. You well, can lead a hoe to water, but you can't make them think. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I don't know how that's right, but it's right. I don't know how that's right, but it's right. Yeah. But um, yeah, so you got something going on next Saturday. So we won't be able to record next Saturday. And I will be at my grandparents the following Saturday. Ooh, okay. So the next two weeks, we're going to be gone. So the next two episodes, we're actually going to be pre-recorded episodes. Pre-record. Um, we have a couple interviews that are still kind of sitting in the vaults from the original podcast and um that we'll be releasing those for the next two weeks so you will have content but um yeah it's just we're we're gonna be (laughs) not around (laughs) was that a silent burp (laughs) oh my god this silent tuna burp (laughs) i know and i realized uh, maybe uh, wait where are we i'm I'm wondering can we edit that out no No. (laughs) i was about to say knowing you you're not gonna you're not gonna edit that out leave that in oh god um anywho uh are you watching anything new um the second season of special came i don't know if you've seen special oh yeah i've, I've heard about this show yeah yeah the, so he has cerebral palsy yes yeah and he's gay yeah 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 and the second season just came out uh yesterday last night mm-hmm. after my crazy night mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna watch a whole bunch of episodes but i only could make it through two and mm-hmm. i was like it's 9 30 i'm going to bed mm-hmm. um on a friday night <laughs> but that that happened and uh, I know you ask about books sometimes. Yeah. So I won't go into it too much because it's going to be part of my insight. But uh, the audio book you said. Oh, me, right, right. Right. I did notice that. I finished it yesterday. Um, yes. Atomic Habits. So it's been really it's about, you know, habits and habit uh, making, habit breaking. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to share some of that with my in my uh, cosmic insights a little bit later. I'll share a habit that I broke Ooh. this week. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm pretty proud of that. But um, 
Yeah, I watched uh, I watched this new show. I I I watched this new show called Monsterland on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! So I had I had no like information on the show whatsoever beforehand, and I was just like, this sounds interesting. Sure, why not? And and I lo- the first episode had a you know uh, disclaimer, trigger warning, and an ice pick abortion. Oh, and it was like, like, holy shit. Like, what am I watching? I was like, like cringing. I was like, this is insane. Like, what is, is this second episode? It kind of started kind of, you know, the first episode was kind of the worst of it, mm-hmm. but the, the next couple of episodes that I watched were still kind of, you know, they're interestingly done. Mm-hmm. And, but the, the problem was maybe I didn't get far enough in it. But I think it's an anthology series. So, like, every okay. every episode is a different story. Oh, gotcha. And they kind of are intertwining, I think, at this point. Because the third episode kind of tied in the first person. Okay. And so, I'm like, okay, there's something going on here. And I didn't get that far. But all a very interesting storyline. Wow. Um, so, I was kind of going between that and Lovecraft Country. Okay. And I watched the first, the first two episodes of Lovecraft Country beforehand. But I got caught back up. So now I'm on the fourth episode. Okay. So good. Oh. Such a good show. Have you uh, seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it. Oh, man. I haven't heard of either one of these shows, which is... Lovecraft re- Country? Yeah. We know H.P. Lovecraft. Have you heard of him? No. The old uh, horror novelist. I have hmm. one of his books, but um, uh, extremely racist. Okay. <laughs> so um, uh, the the basic premise of the show is like this this family in the fifties. Um, mm-hmm. um, they they set out across you know you know south and to find uh, the guy's uh, uh, long lost dad, mm-hmm. and um, he they have to go through Lovecraft Country, which is you know the south Jim Crow, all that stuff, mm-hmm. sundown towns. They go into that. Um, I thought you meant the writer's racist. The the writer H P Lovecraft oh. is notoriously racist. Oh, okay, okay, um, but. He's he's a monster writer, so like all these monsters and stuff, and and I think J.J. Abrams, you know the guy who did Cloverfield, the mm-hmm. and then um, um, uh, Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. uh, they they work together. This monster, so at night these monsters come out, but they only attack black people. No, they attack everybody. Okay, but um, only at night these monsters come out, <laughs> but they're fighting mm-hmm. the monsters along the way. It's kind of a metaphor for like fighting racism oh. in a way. Yeah, it's I don't know. It's inter- it's really interesting. If you've watched it, it's really really good. I'm so confused. So the guy who's writing about the monsters is racist. The monster writer H.P. Lovecraft mm-hmm. is notoriously racist. Has a lot of racist stuff in his books, and so the premise of the sh- these monsters that come out are H.P. Lovecraft monsters mm-hmm. that he's written, like Cthulhu and and all this stuff. So yeah, like and then. But it's set in the fifties too. So the monsters supposed to be like the monsters the mon- aren't racist. The monsters kill everything. <laughs> no, but are the are the monsters supposed to be like the the minorities or something? Is that the how? Mon- it- no, oh. <laughs> you just have to see it. It's, it's okay. Kind of, it's kind of hard to explain. I thought you had heard about this. No, I've never heard about oh, this. It's really good. It was. It was all. That sounds like hate craft. Hate craft. Ain't no love craft. It's it's a metaphor for like fighting racism. Okay. Via. Take that fighting, racism! Fighting monsters, anywho. Uh, but I also watched SNL, and the SNL that I watched was the one with Elon Musk on it. Oh, okay, okay, I've heard about Miley Cyrus was the uh, the person. Oh wow, uh, the musical guest. But Elon was in every single episode, every single or every single skit. Oh wow! I was like, wow, he like really did that. Oh wow! Um, I didn't realize he was also autistic. 
Elon Musk? Yeah. No. Yeah. He he said that during his his uh, monologue. Wow. Yeah, he's like I'm the first SNL host to to that's autistic. Oh wow. Okay. Has autism. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Oh. Yeah. Anywho. Uh, I wrote a new Medium article as well. Yes, yes. Uh, I, I'm going to move my hand. about that a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I wrote a, a new Medium article about um, abusive relationships, sexual harassment, and stuff. I, I hope it's good. I've been working on it for a long time. I liked it. Um, I, I tried to be as sensitive to the subject as possible while also, like, you know, putting a little bit of, like, humor in it. and Levity. And a little levity, yeah. And, um, yeah, if you want to take a look on my Medium channel, you'll, you'll, you'll see Uh, should we get into the astrology forecast? Astrology. Of the week? I don't know why I said astrology. So I'm doing something a little bit different this week. <clears throat> Since we are gone for the next two weeks, I'll be doing a little bit more of a broad two week kind of thing. So we've got basically four things we're looking at in the next two weeks. Okay. Um, so on 523, we have the Saturn retrograde, which is tomorrow as of this day. The day that this comes out is going to be the Saturn retrograde, essentially. So as Saturn changes direction, it's a great time to reflect on how well you're embodying his best qualities. Saturn is the time Lord, ruler of rules, uh, laws, structures, and karma. So ask yourself, are you being mature? Are you being responsible, making good use of your time? Mm. Are you working the plan and, or are you planning and working the plan? Mm. Um, can you grab my bag, by the way? I think my tarot cards are in the, in the, the big one. It's might be behind. There we go. <clears throat> Um, the most important aspect of Saturn makes uh, as he stations retrograde is a square with Uranus. So basically what's going to happen, a square is a hard aspect between planets. Sorry. And it's actually going to be a little bit more like a, um, like these two opposing forces are, are happening. So Saturn is making a square with Uranus for the next five months. <laughs> pronounced it like three different ways. <laughs> I know I didn't, didn't I? Uranus, Uranus, whatever. Uranus. Uranus. <laughs> Who knows anymore? I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So I was like, urine. Urine. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, Saturn is, is you know, the taskmaster. He's, he's the time lord. He's... <laughs> Stop laughing at me. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. This is... Uh, can I just wait? Can I take a break for a second? For I mean, just to... Yeah. There was an episode of uh, SVU, um, mm-hmm. Law and Order SVU, and I don't know why, but this one guy was, he was into, like, into pee stuff. Like, whatever you like, <laughs> whatever. But they, he was, like, making videos of people uh, getting peed on or something like that. And the, this was in SVU. Okay. Or he was looking at videos of, of you know, that. Yeah. And one of the videos they pulled out was called You're in Luck. You're in Luck. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like urine and then luck. Oh no! Oh my god! Last week oh. it was dick jokes. Now it's urine jokes. But I just, I don't know. I don't know why I thought of that. But that's like the, it was the funniest thing that I've seen on uh, on SBU. <laughs> urine luck. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that was the name of an actual porn, right? 
Anywho, um, Saturn is a taskmaster. It's he's the one that governs laws, regulations, all that good stuff. Um, and Uranus is the one that wants to break that shit up. It's the revolutionary. It it's the te- it's technology and stuff like that. So these are going to be two different aspects that are going to be competing for the next five and a half months. Um, shadow aspects uh, of this thing is limitations on freedom and acute tension between liberal and conservative mo- uh, movements. So expects hmm. tensions i would i would say um delayed liberation or with complications the light aspects are responsible and balanced freedom careful change and innovation cautious experimentation a conscious and deliberate freeing of yourself hmm. acute and movement acute movement oh just be cute Aww. <laughs> that was my cute movement oh that was one cute movement um on 526 we have a blood moon lunar eclipse so we are officially in eclipse season. So uh, we have a lunar eclipse on 526, followed by a solar eclipse on 610. I heard about the solar eclipse mm-hmm. that's going to happen. Wait, wait, something is happening. Uh, oh, no, that, that was the other eclipse. Never mind. One in 526. Never mind. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have a lunar and a solar. Yeah, yeah, I just, I thought it was on a different day. I was like, wait a second. But yeah, no. yeah. Um, and these are extra powerful lunations whose effects last six to 12 months. Mm-hmm. Um, so the lunar eclipse lines up at 7.14 a.m. on 5.26 at 5 degrees Sagittarius. And like any Sagittarius full moons, it offers an abundance of themes such as pursuing higher education or advanced knowledge, acting as a professor, philosopher, guru, or wisdom giver, religion or the meaning of life, questing and adventuring. So a lot of travel is, is possible as well. I'm going to be traveling. I, I actually think when I go visit my grandparents, I might leave a day early and go to San Francisco for a day. Ooh, wait, where do they live? Central California. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just drive all the way up and then drive all the way down. Um, publishing, which is another interesting opportunity that, that has come up for me. But um, I will be publishing my next book as well this this next month. Um, but another publishing opportunity is, is potentially reared his head too. Uh, so blood, uh, joy, celebration, and euphoria. So just sounds like a good time and, and a freedom is going to be uh, evoked for the next six months. Blood moon eclipses are so also powerful portals that allow us to take a quantum leap into higher states of consciousness. Even though they can bring heavy energy and perhaps even jarring news, it all serves as to help the evolution of the soul journey. Now, the next two things uh, are interesting. So we already had a Saturn retrograde. Mm-hmm. And so it's and we know retrogrades are time to reflect. Now we got Mercury retrograde. Oh, no, not again. Yeah, we just entered the shadow period yesterday. So things are might be starting to get a little weird for people. So that's oh, that's <clears> next <throat> uh, next week. Yeah. So next Friday, Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mercury enters retrograde, giving us a total of three major planets in retrograde, Pluto, Saturn and Mercury, okay. uh, especially with the recent eclipse energies. The time has come to slow down, retreat and go and to focus only on things that are in our control. So be aware of potential mis- miscommunications um, this Memorial Day re- weekend. And when the retrograde begins, consider planning for the future on May 31st, when the sun and north node of destiny connect in Gemini. Oh, OK. So the sun, the north and, and south nodes are the, the destiny numbers, pretty much, or the destiny aspects. Mm. And um, Destiny's Child. karma, maybe not destiny. But when the sun in the north node of destiny is connecting in Gemini, it's time to plan. It's time to have our ideas and uh, to, you know, get started on that. Nice. <clears throat> Finally, on June 10th, we have a solar eclipse in Gemini. 
Uh, eclipses represent a time when people tend to take giant leaps forward in their lives, for better or for worse. And the Gemini solar eclipse will be a fresh period of communication, curiosity, adaptability, and openness. Pay attention to the messages you receive and let your voice be free. This is our final Gemini eclipse uh, of the cycle until the next decade or so. Oh, damn. So it'll be right next. It'll be right next to Mercury retrograde. So this can be more of a reflective and thoughtfully profound period. Uh, I'm having a lot of weird dreams right now. Oh, okay. Like a lot of weird dreams, and that's a shadow aspect of of Mercury retrograde. But it could also be the Neptune thing going on too. <laughs> I had a dream that somebody dropped a baby yesterday. It's not funny, but like they didn't, they didn't drop a baby. But like, I don't know why. Is, no, I mean like it was like like <laughs> dropping babies. No, no, it just like they like a kid like dropped from. I don't know if somebody was holding the kid or the kid was like walking and just like fell from this thing, and the kid was like ah. Ah, shit, I fell. You know, he was just like, the kid wasn't having it, but I was like, oh, at least they're not dead. He's like alive enough to be like, he, he can get up and be pissed off about it. Yeah. But I don't know why that if you have kids or you are a kid, we don't want you to fall. Well, if you if you are a kid, you shouldn't be listening to this. Fuck them kids. No yeah. <laughs> Beat their little asses. Just kidding. I'm kidding. So man. Neptune will also square the, this, uh, the solar eclipse. So asking for compassion, not to forget openness. Uh, and the greater whole of your spiritual ability being dreams can also be a, a really interesting aspect about Neptune as well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Something to share with the class? No. You're, you, never mind. There's certain things you're going to just like catch when, when you're editing. So like, yeah. anywho, um, finally, I, I just want to make a, a big announcement here. Uh, do not charge your, your crystals during an eclipse. Because oh. the obstruction of, of the planets will add to like chaos going on. So, you know, you want to absorb the, the proper energy. You don't want to absorb obstructed energy. Okay. That's the, basically the main point of that. Oh. Also, your birthday is in three days. Oh, yeah. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah. May 25th. May 25th. Happy early birthday. Yeah. For I those of us. Um, Thank you. But finally, let's do a little tarot reading. Some chords. Oop, oh, one popped out. Oh, I'm gonna do two. Just because right. I want to see. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, here's the first one. Okay. Did you get the second one? Two and three. Oh, you got it. Okay. Two more. Two wow, more popped out. But these ones are actually really good ones. We get to pick now. Yeah, we do. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I'll grab them later. Um, first thing we had was this one, right? The chariot. Mm -hmm. Forward movement. We've got, um, we're moving forward with like, you know, seven emotional, uh, uh, emotional uh, maturity. maturity. So moving forward with our emotional maturity, uh, creating those plans, uh, doing the work. Um, Princess of Dits, actually, that's, that's, a, that's more doing the work. She's tending to her fields. Um, disc is, is earth energy. So it's, you know, we're, we're, we're working our physical aspects and, and moving forward with our plans. Mm -hmm. Finally, the universe. Ooh. I'll put these cards up here too, actually. The chariot. Sure. Whoops. Princess of discs. She's tending to her fields. And then we have the universe. The universe is literally the universe. Everything. Are the discs, is that like pinnacles? Yes. Other, okay. Yes. Yeah. It's earth energy. It's everything physical. It represents money, you know, 
power, even the physical body. Okay. Um, and then the universe is basically, you know, it's literally everything. Oh. You know, is that forward. the world? This it's, another it's, deck? It's more than that. It's 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 the bigger concept. It's you know, mm. it's it's dreams. It's the metaphysical stuff. Also, no, I mean, but is that the comparable card? Or kind or, of, or is there? A world? I have. I believe. I think the world is in here too, though. Oh, gotcha. Never mind. But um, uh, I could be wrong about that. I haven't. Yeah, I don't know. Any anywho, the universe is everything so once you are working your plan working your steps working your um you know, tending your fields uh you know expect to see a lot of growth a lot of like uh influence and a lot of stuff good stuff happening to you oh, okay yeah i want some good stuff to happen me too Shall we get into some news? Yeah, let's get into some news. Uh, who starts? I think I should start. You do. Yeah. Okay, so uh, there, as you can see, and a little background of those of you who are looking, <laughs> we're out in the universe right now, you see. We're in space. We are in space. You know what else is in space? Asteroids. Yeah, they are. And, uh, yeah, you asteroid. Uh, so we found out we're going to need a little bit more time if one of these asteroids comes. Uh, last month, NASA and other space agencies faced a hypothetical scenario. An asteroid. An asteroid? Asteroid. <laughs> That's a new type of asteroid. You heard it here first. An asteroid had been discovered. Uh, it was heading toward Earth and expected to hit in six months. This is a hypothetical. The situation was fictional as part of an exercise that sent simulated an incoming asteroid in order to practice how to respond to such a situation. Now, the simulation taught a difficult lesson. If an earthbound asteroid uh, were spotted with that little warning, there's nothing that we could do to keep it from hitting this planet. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. In 2005, Congress attempted to address this by uh, uh, this issue by telling NASA to track 90 percent of all Earth or near Earth uh, objects, 140 meters, that's 460 feet or larger. But to date, NASA has only um, spotted about 40%. Yeah. Uh, so NASA, you got some work to do. Uh, in NASA recent simulation, the participating scientists did not know how big uh, the hypothetical asteroid was until about a week before it was about set to hit Earth. <laughs> so they they, set, they kind of set them up for failure there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they, they I guess they wanted a worst case scenario so we could really yeah. see what happened. Uh, how do we destroy an ast asteroid and save mankind? Uh, number one, know thy enemy. That includes its size, its path uh, around the sun, what it's made of. Uh, within that information, scientists can evaluate strategies to dismantle the rock or disrupt its path uh, and to uh, destroy or deflect. NASA has three major tools or main tools, uh, detonate an explosive device to break it up, uh, fire lasers that could heat and vaporize it, pew, 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 yeah. and send a spacecraft to slam into it, knocking it off path by any of the three options. Uh, but any of the three options would take years. So basically we're fucked. Yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, I think that like if... I, I remember like when I was reading the article that it said like certain size asteroids would have a certain sort of impact. So like, you know, a 36 foot asteroid would send shock waves like throughout like the, 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 the area, but then like 140 foot or bigger would have like the, 
an, uh, a decimation of like the country of France. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it could be like that bad. Bye, France. <laughs> Bye, France. Um, I would always want to visit before that happens, obviously. Uh, but not while it's happening. France, but um, not while there's an asteroid. But yeah, that, that's just kind of a scary, scary thing to think about. It is. Um, so our next story uh, involves kind of, a, it's kind of fucked up in, in a lot of ways. And, and I heard my French for that. That was that was English. That was well, <laughs> you're not in France yet. Not in France yet. I'm not speaking French right now. No. No. Okay. We. Oui. I mean, how do you say no in French? <laughs> no. In Fr- oh no. No. <laughs> no. No. Um, so a hospital has been suing their patients during COVID. Uh oh. So Moberly Regional and Robin uh, sued Robin Bull, a part-time nurse who works for the same ho- for that same hospital, last May for nine thousand two hundred eighty-one dollars. Costs that Bull said came from an emergency f- uh, room visit for food poisoning several years before. After a judge ruled the hospital's favor at last uh, late last year, the company filed a motion to start garnishing her wages, which are only eight hundred fifty dollars a month. Oh my God. She's part time. Yeah. Um, Bull also, who also receives disability payments, and said she and her husband both contracted COVID nineteen last summer, and they've struggled to pay their bills each month. Wow. Bull's experience is hardly unique, though. Uh, hospitals owned by the Community Health Systems Inc., one of the largest host hospital chains in the U.S., have filed at least nineteen thousand lawsuits against their patients over the allegedly unpaid medical bills since March twenty twenty. Wow, nineteen thousand. Nineteen thousand. Damn. The company's 84 hospitals, which are concentrated in the south and stretched from Alaska to Key West, Florida, have taken their patients to court for as little as $201 to as much as $162,000. Oh, my God. Which, honestly, that's just going in there and getting a, a, an x-ray. It's like $162,000. Jeez. Don't break a bone like if you don't have insurance. Like, yeah. It's, it's that bad. Uh, advocates say that uh, those hardball collection tactics leave low-income patients in financial ruin, obviously. Yeah. Especially considering the lawsuits were filed in the middle of a COVID-fueled economic collapse. Yeah. Although the company said litigation is a last result, CNN found about 24,000 lawsuits filed by the company's hospitals, including more than 19,000 filed on or before March 13th, 2020. When wow. the federal de- uh, government declared uh, a national emergency over COVID-19. Have you ever been to a hospital where you didn't have insurance? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How much did it cost you? Uh, God. You know what? I don't know the exact figure. I was in like my early 20s. I was like really young. Mm -hmm. But I remember having to like leave sooner than I should have Mm because it was at UCLA and they had to take me. But then they were like, look, you're leaving like tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. it was just like, and I'd been there before Mm -hmm. and hadn't been able to pay. So they're like, you know, they, it it was, they they weren't that nice. No. Yeah. When hospitals are kicking patients out because they can't pay, that's, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. My ex, um, he was a sick kid. Mm -hmm. And so his mom didn't have insurance for him growing up. And so when she took him the couple times that he went to the hospital, thousands of dollars that he didn't even know that he was a child. Mm -hmm. Like he had no recourse was uh, in collection by the time he was like 20 years old. And so uh, when it came time to him for to getting in an apartment, Mm -hmm. he couldn't get one because he had bad credit already before he even started having. Credit. Oh, geez. And so, you know, he obviously had to like work towards that and, and get it all paid off and everything. But, um, yeah, he was a child before. Oh my God. And he, and he had no idea that that was even a thing. 
But yeah, that's pretty messed up. The U.S. Uh, uh, hospital system is pretty fucked up. Yeah, we're gonna have to like go to Canada just to get some. Uh, right. Uh, but it, well, there's uh, some uh, new devices. You know, I said a uh, new phone. Who this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so there's some new devices, and one of those new devices is powered by 5G signals grabbed from the air. Yep, you heard it here first, or unless you heard it somewhere else. <laughs> uh, a new type of gadget has been invented, which uh, harnesses the invisible power uh, of cell phone towers. And turns them into electricity. This is, uh, it's called a Rotman lens, and the device looks a little bit like a flat metal spider stuck on a playing card. And it could hold uh, the key for the future, or it could hold the future for cordless technology. This gadget was invented by uh, two scientists, Eileen uh, Eide and a student uh, at a electrical engineering at the Georgia Institute of Technology. And Jimmy Hester, the co-founder of the tech company Ather, uh, Ather Exxon. Uh, how does it work, you may ask? Radio waves and microwaves carry data from the cell phone towers to our phones and other devices. Your cell phone contacts the nearest tower to exchange data. The first cellular network uh, used radio waves to send and receive calls, but 5G networks uses a higher frequency microwave. Now, the not a microwave oven, but like <laughs> microwaves. We haven't talked about brain waves in a while. I know. It's been a little it's been yeah. A minute. Yeah, you have different frequency brain waves also. Uh, these waves can carry more data and transmit it faster, which can help save energy. Uh, these waves can't reach as far. Now, when waves of energy wash over a phone or other device, they drop off data, then continue on their way. It's a waste. Unless the new device transforms it into electricity, that's where the Rodman, uh, not Rodman, like uh, <laughs> Dennis Rodman, but the Rotman lens comes in. Uh, the antennas catch microwaves and focus them into a single point of one of those uh, beam ports on the other side. Another part of the device transform the, transforms the microwaves into electrical power. Uh, so this device is lightweight and bendable. You can put it anywhere you want. Like anywhere, like anywhere. a sticker, <laughs> a very special playing card size sticker that can literally that literally grabs energy from the air. So I like this. So there anything that's you know good at conserving energy, mm -hmm. you know, I like and maybe that can translate into less money for people. But well, I think that also opens like another realm of like, you know, uh, powering things. So, like, mm. you know, I remember Tesla. I mean, I, I want to talk about him more, um, but... Oh, uh, Nikolai Tesla. Nikolai Tesla. I was like, it's still around. You yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> but um, he actually invented a sort of like non... Um, or it would pull energy from like the atmosphere and, mm. and, and, and could power things like that. And I think that's probably why he was a target, maybe? Yeah. Question mark. Actually, I want to know more oh, about him because I, I don't know if he died or if he was killed. Yeah, we yeah, we should look into Tesla. He had this, uh, you know, so many awesome sayings like, "If you want to know the keys of the universe, think of frequency, vibration, uh, and uh, energy." Yeah. And the other thing, he had the threes. He's like uh, that the world goes in the sequences of threes, sixes, and nines. Mm -hmm. So yeah, ooh, yeah, ooh, that's interesting. Three, six, nine. Well, it's interesting because of our interview with Amy. Coming oh, yeah, up, yeah, coming yeah. Up later in the episode. Yes, yes, yes. You'll see. Um, I have to go grab something, so I'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're in progress right now. 
Sorry about that. We I had a Postmates delivery and then we had to interview somebody. So we had to do. Was little, it delicious? It was very delicious. Yeah. You had a little sip. I did. I, I did. It was very delicious. It was, I'd be taking sips it, from people. It better be freaking delicious because it was a $22 smoothie. Damn. <laughs> For that much, you better had vodka in it. Thanks, Postmates. Um, anywho, so our next story that we have here, uh, we have more mystery energy attacks that had happened around D.C. So. Two White House officials were struck by a mysterious illness late last year, including one who was passing through the gate on the property. Uh, newly revealed details that come as investigators are still struggling to determine who or what is behind these strange incidents. Multiple sources tell CNN that the episodes affected two officials on the National Security Council in November 2020, mm-hmm. one day after the uh, presidential election and one several weeks later. So I think we just covered the, the November one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the cases are consistent with the inexplicable constellation. Uh, constellation? Inexplicable constellation of sensory experiences. Try to say that 10 times fast. Right. That have sickened more than 100 U.S. diplomats and have c- come to be known as Havana Syndrome. Havana, na, na, na. <laughs> I love that song. Right. Uh, the intelligence community still isn't sure who... Who is causing this strange array of nervous system attacks? Even the technology that might be the cause of such an inconsistent set of systems is a matter of debate. Uh, The twin incidents in downtown Washington, along with the previous suspected uh, case in Northern Virginia in 2019, have raised concern that the wave of episodes are now occurring in rising numbers on U.S. soil. Under pressure from lawmakers and and victims, the Biden administration has dramatically ramped up its efforts to identify the cause of these incidents, determine attribution, increased uh, collection efforts, and prevent them. What that actually looks like is unknown. Uh, A March report from the National Academy of Sciences, however, found that directed pulsated radio frequency energy was most likely the cause of the strange set of symptoms, so-called microwave energy. We were just talking about microwaves. Um, but officials caution that that is even unknown for sure. So here's the thing. We have another attack that happened. When energy attacks. When energy attacks. <laughs> Bam! Um, but so basically like, you know, okay. So here's, here's the thing. We were just talking about 5G technology using microwaves. Mm-hmm. Now we have a microwave attack. Where is the line of like, you know, where microwaves are a, are a bad thing. I burped down. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel as bad. Thank you. Um, contagious. Where is the line of like where where these microwaves are becoming bad? Like you know, there's bad news bears. Well, I'd say probably the frequency, and also like, is a hammer good? I mean, a a hammer is you can like build a house with. I mean, not a whole house, but you can like drive in nails with a hammer to build yeah. a house. Or you could like bop somebody like in the arm and break their funny bone, which is not funny if you break your funny bone. So no, it's not funny. But what I'm saying is, so it, it can be used in in different senses. Like, okay. yeah. So you know, maybe not as maybe not as like you know, because you know, waves are they go like this, um, and so like you know, or like this, or like this. But the microwaves are the ones that are like the really tiny ones, right? And so the microwaves, the higher the frequency, the more up and down they go. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the weaponized ones will probably be like even more or more powerful. Oh, or, I got you. But then the microwaves that are in the five G are just kind of like everywhere. I would be just speculating. Yeah, that's completely, <laughs> completely uh, conjecture and speculation. But um, yeah, I just 
I don't know. Maybe people might have something about the micro, about 5G being a problem. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Well, we're going to see. We're going to see gonna, about we're this. We're going to see. Well, uh, energy is not the only thing that attacks. You know what else attacks? <laughs> yes. Bears. Bears. <laughs> right? So uh, in case, you know, you don't know about bears, we're going to teach you a few things about bears. So a woman visiting uh, Yellowstone National Park came across a bear, and she believed that uh, the best approach was uh, leave the car, approach the bears, and begin filming. <laughs> she, she thought that was the best course of action and had a very close encounter a, as a result. Uh, in a video, it's gone viral. A woman can be seen mere meters away from a large bear who decides to charge at her. He's like, uh not on my watch. And he charges. <laughs> I don't know if he said that or if he said anything else where bears can actually talk. Uh, but luckily for the woman, the bear was performing a bluff charge, uh, essentially telling her to skedaddle, to back off and, you know, to scare her away. Yeah. Uh, both the woman and the group of bears are fine. Bears are fine. The, the camera didn't hurt the bears, but the, just in case you were wondering. Yeah. But the video does serve as a sobering reminder uh, that you should not approach bears, you know, that when you crumb, 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 when you come across a potentially dangerous animal like a bear in uh, Yellowstone, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, so don't, don't fuck with bears. Don't fuck with bears. You heard it here first, baby. If you're thinking about fucking with bears, don't do that shit. Um, but according to a national... A park service website you should stay in or next to your car i'd say if there are bears around stay in your car, stay in your car. or or stay in your home and just watch the bears from from the tv that's what <laughs> right. i do I, it's funny because i had a, a friend on instagram he just he just was talking about how bears were around the area he's around mm-hmm. i'm like he's like yeah we just saw a bear i'm like Mm-mm. I, if i saw a german shepherd i'm going home yep. like i'm not i'm not dying like uh, for nobody. Um, some people I die for. I died for you, probably. Maybe. Depends on what type of death. Anyhow, <laughs> but if you do that, you should stay in or, or, you know, in your car. And if you see the bear coming, you should honk your horn and drive away. Uh, it's just doing this protects the bears. People, this is what makes me mad. People like the mountain lion, the bear, the mountain lion is more afraid of you than it is afraid. Of, really? Because the mountain lion's gonna shit his pants if I come around. You see that that video of the guy with the mountain lion that he's like filming, like the fucking mountain lion who's just like you know jumping at him and like like chasing him basically for like a mile. Oh no! Yeah. Oh my god! I, I, is it in a car or is he? No, he's uh he's on foot. He's like hiking on a hiking trail. Oh hell no! And I guess he like pulled out his phone to like, take a picture of the mountain lion, mm-hmm. and then like it wasn't close to it. I don't think, but like the mountain lion just decided to start tailing him and he's like walking, like facing the mountain lion the whole way down the trail for like a mile. And he's just like filming the whole way. He's just like, get, get out of here. I don't and like, he, he's wow. afraid to run because he's afraid the mountain lion is going to run out of him. Yeah. But you know, the mountain lion is just trying to get him to back away, but he's following him for so long. Jeez. That is crazy. I mean, look, this d- demonstrates, you know, that, you know, a crazy fate can befall one yeah. if they, you know, if they don't back off from the bears. Uh, so if you've learned anything, we're going to have a link in the show notes here <laughs> so you can see this. But if you've learned anything from this show up to date or on this episode, stay the F away from bears, baby. <laughs> don't fuck with bears. Don't fuck with bears. Uh, Unless they're the Chicago. Wait, what is Chicago Bears? Chicago Bears, yeah. Yeah, unless they're the Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I I saw a bear once. Oh, okay. Um in Silver Lake. I had a recovered memory just now. Mm-hmm. You know, all the all the marijuana that I smoke. I just had a recovered memory. Um I 
when when we were uh my my grandparents had a cabin up in uh Shaver Lake mm-hmm. forever. I think my dad lives up there now. Um <laughs> Shaver Lake. But um Shaver what? Shaver Shaver Lake. <laughs> oh, Shaver Lake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> What's a lake? Um <laughs> So uh, I think one winter, I think I was maybe like 12 or 13 or something. We were all up there and, and, and stuff and it was snowing and we had a bear come up onto the patio. I don't know why I wasn't hibernating, but it was, it came up onto the patio mm-hmm. and was just like hanging out on our porch for a while. And we're like, mm. we can't leave. There's a bear on the porch. So everyone just kind of hunkered down and watch TV. Like, like, wait for it to go away. Wow. Yeah. It just made itself very comfortable on our, on our porch. Jeez. Pretty fucking weird. That, that makes me afraid. Like when people like wildlife come in their backyards, that makes me like, what if you were one that you wanted to, like you had a pool too and wanted to like chill in the pool and go to <laughs> sleep at night or something. Right. <laughs> wildlife could come get you, baby. Right. Um, so our final, uh, news story here. So we all heard that Bill Gates and, and his wife have, have, uh, filed for divorce. Mm-hmm. So, uh, new information shows that Bill Gates might not be as wholesome as he'd like us to believe. Being wholesome? I thought he was wholesome. We thought he was wholesome. Like good morning cereal. Like good morning cereal. Uh, Bill Gates, Microsoft magnate and tech tycoon, uh, although we know him as Farmer Bill. Because of his gigantic acquisition of farmland in eastern Washington and his wife, Melinda Gates, have filed for divorce officially. And there are some new things concerning Bill's true character that have been coming to light since the two have split. For years, Bill Gates has forged a nerdy, likable public image, largely through his philanthropy, pledging to give away half his wealth through the giving pledge. Investing heavily in healthcare and addressing the climate crisis through the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. But new reports of advances towards uh, but new reports of advances towards employees and links to Jeffrey Epstein indicate a darker side. Ooh. Several employees told the Times that he engaged in clumsy and questionable workplace behavior. They also said that he could be dismissive of his wife and overly dominant in Gates Foundation meetings, hmm. even though the organization was working on several women's empowerment initiatives. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just, the, the irony. Irony, yeah, exactly. Uh, the idea that Gates viewed the workplace as a trawling ground for dates might not come as a surprise either, considering the origins of his marriage. Gates met and began dating Melinda French in 1987 after she took a job as a marketing manager for at Microsoft. Hmm. For years, her origin story it was positioned as a meet-cute, despite the power, despite the power dynamics. The Wall Street Journal reported the Microsoft board hired a law firm to investigate Gates in 2019 over claims that he began an affair with a company employee in 2000 as well, just six years after his marriage. Mm. Uh, Gates apparently also had an affair with an employee back in 2000. The affair ended amicably and Melinda apparently forgave him. And there, But there's also Jeffrey Epstein, whom Mr. Gates got to know beginning in 2011, three years after Mr. Epstein uh, who faced acquisitions, uh, accusations of sex trafficking of girls, pleaded guilty to soliciting prostitution from a minor. Wow. Miss French Gates had expressed discomfort with her husband spending time with the sex offender, but Mr. Gates continued doing so. So in October 2019, when the relationship between Mr. Gates and Mr. Epstein burst into public view, Miss French Gates was uh, unhappy. She hired divorce lawyers, setting in motion a process that culminated this month with the announcement that their marriage was ending. So, Farmer Bill might not be as wholesome as he'd like us to believe. Mm. Remember that picture? I think I, I, I'm, I'm going to put it on the video, but um, the, the picture of him holding all those like books that he like 
Um, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, all these books that, you know, for around Christmas time that, you know, he loves reading and all like, you know, spiritual books and like, <laughs> you know, good things. Like, boy, that is, that is, you're just setting yourself up for. <laughs> I want some spiritual books. You know, it, it, it's just kind of like that, that image, you know, that, that playing on that image of like, you know, I'm a good, wholesome person. I'm just, I'm just a nerd, you know, but <laughs> in the meantime, I'm, I'm going to be uh, buying up farmland and, and placing a genetic modifications on foods that grow there. No, I'm scared to eat. That's conjecture. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, and we, we're not sure. <laughs> You're, you didn't hear it here first. You didn't hear it first. <laughs> and that's, that's Demi's uh, uh, conspiratorial mind taking over. Conspiracies. Um, if you're listening on the podcast, uh, stay tuned because you're going to see and hear an interview with our spiritual Arthur. Arthur. Spiritual author. No, no, it's not. It's not him. Sorry. I, you know, I didn't think I didn't it was him because that. I was reading this and I was like, that was last week, but that I'm going to say it anyhow. You are going to hear uh, an interview with Mimi. Mimi Falco, yeah. Um, as usual, you can find links to all these articles in today's episodes on the, our show notes located on our website at acosmicjourneypod.com. And if you're watching us on YouTube, thanks for tuning in. If you're listening to the podcast, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Tuned it. Boy, this is your Uncle Snappy. I just wanted to call your, your auntie love you. She say she, she in there frying me some grits. Now, you got somebody coming up here. Mimi is your guest today. I'm excited to hear she does the, 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 those cards from that girl named Tara. And I want to hear this. I want to hear about Tara and the cards. I'll see y'all boys later. Bye. Welcome to the show, Star Seeds. We have a very special guest with us today. We have a professional astrologer, YouTube tarot reader, and avid numerologist, Mimi Foco. Hello. Thank you Welcome. for having me on. Welcome for the show. Welcome. Thank you for, for coming on. Um, so if you're not familiar with the show, basically, we're just going to ask you a bunch of questions, get to know you, and then uh, we'll kind of jump into the, uh, we actually have our astrology and numerology charts a little bit. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. So um, where did you grow up and what was your family like? Ah, okay. So I'm getting right into it. Yep. So I grew up in San Francisco, uh, oh, California, nice. and um, my family is fantastic. Uh, I do have Pluto in the Scorpio, in Scorpio in the fourth house. So there is a, there's some intensity there, mm -hmm. uh, but certainly uh, nothing that I can't handle. Um, but I have a Sagittarius rising mother and uh gemini father and um so yeah i grew up in san francisco born and raised until i was about 18 and i moved to england for school uh, i got my wow. bachelor's in acting nice and um lived in ireland for a bit and then i moved to new york city lived there for about two weeks and then found upstate new york which i definitely preferred <laughs> so now i'm up in uh upstate new york it's beautiful what part in upstate new york because so columbia county Okay. It's near Hudson. Okay, cool. Yeah. I have a friend who, um, who actually a friend of mine from Seattle, who I just talked to yesterday. Um, he wants to buy a house up in Syracuse. Cause like real estate up there is gorgeous. <laughs> oh my God. It's so gorgeous. Yeah. He wants We're to like, so lucky. We bought our house January, 2020 when like right before, cause we get so many city people up here. And so as soon as we bought our house, it just got so expensive. Like right when, uh, COVID hit. 
Yeah. So wow. we're very fortunate to have gotten this beautiful land. Wow. Location, 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 but timing, yes. timing, timing. <laughs> yes. Yes. What rule did, number two. What did you want to be when you grew up? Um, oh, I always wanted to be an actress and a singer. Nice. So, you know, I did the acting for about seven years and then um, realized that I actually just needed that as a form of expression and maybe not so much as a career. Nice. It's mm. funny with that sort of stuff. I always I got stage. I understood stage. But you put me in front of a camera and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Camera acting is so different as well. It's just yeah. so different. Yeah. See, I have the opposite thing when I got on and on a stage of I had the nerves, but if put me in front of camera, I'm like, yeah, fine. This one, this one's really photogenic. It's it, Oh, yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, we aren't all blessed. <laughs> yes. Um, so what got you interested in interested in astrology? So I have always been such a feeler and always so emotional. And uh, as a kid, I was, I always, I was always like, I was too much um, because as people who do this line of work, who do soul work or energy or any feeling work, they're always going to be so emotional as children. So a lot, very overwhelming. Um, and it was so simple as just one Christmas, my father-in-law gave me a crystal necklace and and my mother-in-law gave me this book on crystals. So I started reading about crystals and then there was this crystal store near me and they did tarot classes. I was like, Oh, maybe I'll dip my toes in that and, right. and start just seeing what it did uh, for me. And turned out that my feeling so emotional was actually my superpower. And I was like, Oh, I can use this and this will help me and help others. Um, and then, I mean, I don't even know how many years it's been since then. Cause it just, it just took me and I've been on this road for however long. Right. Wow. The, when you said you're an emotional kid, did you feel things that other people felt like an empath sort of? Yeah. Like empath and also, you know, empath and clairsentient are basically the same thing, right? It's just that you are feeling emotions that they're sitting in you, but they're not your emotions. Right. And yeah. I just... Like my parents would be like, why are you feeling this? And I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but I just felt so hard. And now even when I do tarot readings, you know, some people will be clairaudient, like they'll hear messages or clairvoyant uh, or they'll see visions, but I'm definitely clairsentient. Um, I feel things. And I'm also just clear, uh, the one where you just like, know, you just know without any sort of, um, yep. Claire omnipresent. <laughs> oh, is that it? I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Let's go with that. That's sure. funny. I it's weird. I always think about this. So I had an experience when I was a kid where mm. a guy across the street, I knew his wife, but I didn't really know him, an older guy. He died. And I don't know why it hit me so hard, but I was like uncontrollably Whoa. crying at my house. The story. And then I, and I can't believe I said this. I said, he was my best friend. And I was just like crying and and now wow. I wonder, was I picking up her, the wife's feelings yeah. from across the street? Yeah. Wow. I wonder. Yeah. Well, it's so crazy too. Cause when I give readings and especially in the beginning stages where you're like, am I a crazy person for thinking <laughs> I have a power? And then, you know, all you are, you're the only one who can take your power away. Right. So as soon as you start second guessing yourself, that's when your power goes away. Um, so, you know, you're reading for someone and you go, wow, you're a complete stranger. And I'm going to tell you, this is how you feel about like your father or, you know, just like bring this emotion out of nowhere. They're going to think I'm crazy. Um, which you just kind of have to work past. Yeah. yeah. You now I heard something about the numerology. What got you into, into that? 
I have such a math brain. Like I, <laughs> like math was always my favorite. I was always playing number games like Sudoku. I was doing all the time. Um, just like being with numbers always made sense to me. And so I was like, well, I've always had a favorite number. I don't know why. And so I just, yeah, I just picked up a book on numerology. The one and only book I have on numerology that I will recommend to anyone looking to get into it. Um, and I just fell in love with it. It was great. And it made sense. Oh, what was that number? Oh, my favorite number is 23. Nice. Okay. So five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Number. So what's the, what's, what's specific about 23 that, that you liked about it? And then especially Listen. after you found out what it was. Dude, I don't know. I don't know why I liked it. I just really like it. And my house number is 32. So I know. You're 32. I my age is 32. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I have uh I'm interested in your chart. And especially today, I'm interested in the transits in your chart right now. Oh, really? Okay. Mm -hmm. We're gonna talk about that for sure. (laughs) Nice. So I have I have a hunch myself. So like I I feel like a lot of the stuff I've I've had a lot of like previous experiencing because I've like read up a lot of like astrology and like numerology yeah. as a kid, but I didn't really get into it until probably like a year or two ago. Mm. Um, I, I've always had other things that I've been interested in. I've played with Ouija boards and God knows what else, <laughs> but, but I, I have a hunch that there's a, a three specific like things and they're all connected in astrology, tarot and numerology. Mm. What do you think I just have a hunch that they're connected. What do you think the connection is? Between the three of them? Yeah. Hmm. What do I think the connection is between the three? I would say the person is the connection between the three. I like, I don't know how to explain that, but the person is the one who holds the divinity. So the information is just information for us to interpret. So the human being is what is the connection, but I'm curious what your hunch is. Well, I don't know. I just have like, kind of like, you know, I guess it's maybe just like the, the connection of like the esoteric, like just like, mm. like the, the outlandish aspects of it, maybe that, you know, you have to kind of like the symbols perhaps, but mm. for, for whatever reason, I just think these three things have like a, an, an inherent connection, especially with terror. Yeah numerology there's numbers on the cards yeah and they're connected to astrological signs to too astrology too like like that's a prime example like like the tarot yeah. all have that kind of yeah. symbolism and stuff in it so yeah i just like to listen to someone who's interested <laughs> who's specifically interested in the same three things like yeah what do you think that well i like to call them my trifecta because i just you with do. these three things i don't need any more information <laughs> you know But what's so funny is astrology and numerology are kind of conflicting in a way because there are 12 houses and nine numbers, right? Unless you count zero, which is 10 numbers, but very rarely does zero come up unless you're Jay Maceo. In in that case, Uh (laughs) there is a zero in his chart. Um, (laughs) So, uh, yeah, so astrology, you got the 12 signs, but like the number nine in astrology is Sagittarius. It's freedom. It's excitement. It's spontaneous. But the nine like nine in numerology, I relate more to Pisces. It's about unity, compassion, human kindness, you know? That's also possibly like, you know, because certain planets rule certain signs. That's why they double up. Like Mercury, for instance, has Gemini and Virgo. Mm-hmm. Like, that. I mean, that's pretty, yeah, he's a Gemini and a Virgo. <laughs> oh, there you go. But I also, um, because I put a lot of weight in Chiron, I, I love looking at Chiron and I'm, I'm lightweight obsessed with it. But uh, because I I am pretty obsessed with it, I 
I look at um, Virgo ruled by Chiron. I would say so. Then yeah. Mercury has its home in Gemini. Yeah, interesting. Nice. Mm -hmm. Interesting. What is one of the most bizarre experiences you've had? Bizarre experiences? Like well, bizarre. listen, supernatural experiences. <laughs> listen, I wish I have had more. I had had more because. But maybe I would regret that if I had wished and then they all came and I'd be like, I'm not ready. So <laughs> I think where I am right now, my work is is to do with the physical plane and the people, the people that I encounter mm -hmm. uh, physically and working with their souls. So I don't have I don't have much work to do in this lifetime that has to do with uh, people on another plane. So mm -hmm. I haven't had very exciting experiences. <laughs> Except for when, you know, I meet a stranger and I say, oh, this is what you need to do. Step A through Z. And they go, OK, you're exactly right. Thank you. Goodbye. Like, yeah. All right. I'll never see you again. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, well, that's awesome. That's an yeah. awesome supernatural thing, especially for them, too. Mm. I think there's supernatural experiences that happen like, you know, daily, like 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 little things like a song will come on the radio. That's just like it's that that one song that had that message for you, you know, at that right. Exactly. Time. Yeah. You know, like that. that. There could be something supernatural about that. Yeah. When you start seeing everything as divine, it's like, what isn't? Yes. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, so this is an interesting thing. I don't really talk to a lot of tarot readers on the show. We've had maybe okay. one. And I I am one, obviously. But um okay. uh, what is your what's your first tarot deck? And how is it like that spoke to you? Because everyone has a right of weight. Everyone starts with a right of weight. I did I did not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you I did, did not. You did not. And I wasn't, I mean, it's not that I'm not a huge fan, but the, um, the imagery doesn't speak to me and all of my decks speak to me. My first ever deck was a gift, which is such a misconception. Like you don't have to get your first deck as a gift, right. but I, <laughs> I'd hinted so much at my roommate. I was like, I sure want a tarot deck. And then she got me one. It was the ethereal visions by Matt Hughes. Oh, wow. okay. okay. Do you know it? I'm unfamiliar with that. No, Here, I have it right next to me. Which, uh, sorry for people only listening, but yeah, <laughs> it's this green and pink one, and then it's Ooh. all gilded and gold. Okay, Ooh, look yeah, at that judgment. Are... <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and so it is really traditional, like right away imagery, but it's beautiful. So yeah. not well. Oh well, I said it. So <laughs> yeah. my first one was uh, I got a dragon deck, and and I'm oh. the dragon. I've collected dragons my entire life. I love dragons. Oh, cool. And, but um that one for instance didn't speak to me either like i i tried listening like i, I love it first of all mm. like i i didn't really understand it and it wasn't until i got the the toth deck by alistair crowley that i was like oh yeah oh, these ones are like this yeah i've heard powerful things about that deck it's well, a really good one i'm still on my first one uh just it was when was this uh the december i mm -hmm. got the uh the wild unknown so, oh wow yeah animals which i hear that's, that's a, a strange one to, for your first one to start with yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean that's like okay here's your intuition test and and good luck <laughs> yeah i used to read uh you know when i would see something i used to read every single time what does this mean what does it mean reversed mm -hmm. and with that i've mm -hmm. taken a lot of a little bit of the learning but a lot of intuition with it mm -hmm. like how it's yeah. to be, you know yeah yeah so you guys do you guys read reverse cards i don't yeah, I don't. Um, I, I, I mean, an easy way to do it is to start with the positive and then work your way into the negative or like maybe even mm. pick up on 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 on, on yeah. effects maybe. But I, I 
choose to stick with the with the positive light. It's funny you say that because I don't review. Some people look at if you see this upside down, then it means the opposite of that. And I don't. Mm-hmm. I for me, I don't read uh, reverse cards yeah. like that. Again, I'm a newbie. I'm a total newbie. But I look at certain, and it, it maybe it's the Gemini. But I look at certain times that if it's flipped one way, this is what I need to put out there. It's mm-hmm. flipped the other way, that's what I need to receive. So rather than it being positive or negative, it, yes. I see the reverse is like what side of this I'm on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. With reverse, you know, I will only read a reverse card if it literally jumps out of the deck and like does a little flip and then says like, <laughs> no, I'm a reverse card. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll listen. Thank you. But for the most part, each card deals with a theme, right? Like it's six wands. You're dealing with themes of six and themes of wands. And whether it's the positive, if you want to call it, or the, you know, shadow side of it, that's up to you and your intuition to decipher. It's not, you know, reverse doesn't mean, oh, this is bad news or you know, because that's how a lot of people start reading tarot and they see a bunch of reverse cards and they go, that's it. I'm screwed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's it's not that it's like if you are dealing with a shadow aspect, for for example, like you'll know when mm-hmm. that card is pulled, what it means to you. Yeah. Uh, you'll, you'll know if it's a shadow aspect or not because you're dealing. Yeah. With it. Yeah. I mean, like a ten of swords. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you'll know. (laughs) I pulled a nine of swords yesterday and I was like, "Mm, okay, (laughs) Mm -hmm. something's going on today. (laughs) What what have you learned about yourself from your uh, from your career, from your current? Oh, my gosh. What haven't (laughs) I learned about myself? (laughs) There's a lot you can learn from. I know. And I mean, so all of these tools, especially astrology, I use as a tool to contextualize what's going on in my life and contextualize my experiences. Because, you know, for so long, I used to just be like, oh my God, why is this happening? And it's not that, oh, this is happening because moon is in cancer and blah. It's that moon is in cancer and moon represents this. Cancer represents this. How are these themes playing into your life right now? And it makes sense. And it just, it just contextualizes and gives give sense to what you're experiencing. So, I mean, you can't be in this line of work without, you know, helping others get to know themselves without doing the work yourself. Right. And so all my life has always been a, uh, like putting a mirror up to myself and looking at me and reflecting on my experiences. You know, like I said, it was always emotional. And so it was a lot to handle for other people, but once I started to harness that, you know, it started to get more manageable and I could say, oh, this is my experience. I don't have to share it with everybody, project it out everywhere. <laughs> but um, what have I learned about myself? Uh, well, I've learned that I'm definitely meant to teach. I'm definitely meant mm-hmm. to share with uh, people and teach people these these methods. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And also always meant to be a student. I'm like, you know, yes, that you can't, you're never a master. I mean, well, I'm 27. I'm, I'm no master, but <laughs> I think, I think I'm okay at it. And, uh, I love teaching people. So totally nice. Now I've, I've heard you say this a couple of times. I listened to a previous podcast you were on. I think it was mm. what, the, uh, what the stars told, what the stars, the stars about. made me do it. The stars yeah. Made I me love it. it. I listened to that. And then I also uh, saw you posted something on on Instagram and I wanted to know what is healing out loud. So healing out loud to me is the idea that having mental health issues or having struggles Mm -hmm. is stigmatized and we can't talk about the fact that we are not perfect. Yeah, Uh, I think it's really important for people to understand 
we are all humans having human experiences. And sometimes it's to the point where society expects us to just work a nine to five all day, every day, and expect that to be life and doesn't treat us. I mean, okay, now I'm getting into that, but (laughs) it's like, I just, healing out loud is the idea that perfection doesn't exist in a human being. And by being honestly uh, raw and vulnerable and yourself, you're allowing yourself to be perfect in your way. Mm, I like that. I like that a lot mm. too. Yeah. When, you, when you cast a chart, where do you get started? Uh, where do I get started? Yeah. When you, when you, I mean, where, where do you, uh, where's the first place that you like, yeah, that you check, like when you're checking, well, you can like, for instance, you can pull out our charts now. It's but um, like, where, where do you usually start when you're like looking at someone's chart? All right. If I were teaching, I would say always start with sun, moon and ascendant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but me being me and having my Pluto at the IC, I definitely look right at the uh, kind of softest spot, which is Chiron. Um, because people who come to me are, uh, people who want to do some like healing work. Um, so I'll always look at Chiron, look at the aspects that uh, are being made with Chiron. Um, also very, very important to look at sun, moon and rising hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can pull up our charts if you want to. Okay, great. Uh, first off what I love, (laughs) okay. What I love about your charts, um, that you guys basically have uh, the same degree of opposite signs. So your charts are, <laughs> ex- are like exactly flipped. Wow. We're like yin and yeah. yin. Wow. Yeah. Cause um, is it Demi? Yeah. Demi. Okay. Sorry. Demi, uh, you have a 26 Libra rising and then Jay, you have 25 Aries rising. Oh, so you guys are just flipped. Interesting. I know. <laughs> I, know I thought that was really interesting. Um, okay. So, Jay, I'll start with you and uh, your Chiron. Okay. Your Chiron is in Taurus and in the first house. Um, I also have Chiron in the first house. uh, And I think this is what makes me really speak up about being vulnerable and allowing Mm -hmm. yourself to um, like emote and express yourself. Um, Chiron in Taurus is very typical for feeling a fear of losing anything that is valuable to you. (laughs) <laughs> that um that there's always going to be a lack of stability. No. Um luckily, you have a lot of great aspects to uh to Chiron. Your moon is trying Chiron and your moon is obviously conjunct your uh midheaven, so mm-hmm. making it your job to show people your vulnerable side, uh making it what you are known for is hey, I am a real human being. I'm raw and vulnerable and I'm going to let you see that. Um, but doing it in a way where you're protected because you've got your moon in Capricorn, you know, you wow. can be transactional about it. You know what's scary about this? What? I was chatting with someone on a dating site mm-hmm. and he said the part he liked most about my profile is where I put uh, leave me a message if you find both strength and vulnerability, vulnerability attractive. Wow. <laughs> that was like just this morning. So like just hearing yes. that is like, yeah. Yeah. I love an earth moon. My One of my close friends is a, is a Capricorn moon as well. Mm-hmm. I have an earth moon. I love an earth moon. It's such a, um, it's a grounded way to feel. Um, 
with Capricorn, it's so um, like, okay, I'm going to take, take this bull by the horns. I'm going to take my feelings by its horns and I'm going to, I'm going to make some money off of it. <laughs> oh, he is a prolific songwriter, by the way. Oh, like, like, oh. I did listen to some of your stuff. I was jamming in my car. Oh, <laughs> Now I'm embarrassed. Yeah, no. Well, thank um, Yes. Yeah, so, and then, you know, you have a lot of great aspects. You have in conjuncts, you have trines. Uh, where was the in conjunct we have? Uh, so seven. Oh, you have a sextile with Jupiter and uh, Venus in the third house. So Jupiter is expansion and Venus is obviously this beautiful side of you. Venus rules Taurus. They're both in cancer. So maybe that's part of yourself that you like to, you know, again, so cancer is that emotional and it's in the third house of, of publishing of being in a community of being with your neighbors and your friends with siblings, you're expanding yourself by being vulnerable with the people you're close to. Um, yeah. 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 So that's just a little look at, at Chiron um, for you. And then Demi, we have, you have Chiron in cancer in the ninth house. Okay. So Chiron in cancer is like very typically it's, um, I feel you're gonna feel, get red right now. <laughs> I know I'm nervous. Your <laughs> Chiron and Cancer can be kind of tough. I mean, its typical definition is I am unlovable and feeling like I am not worthy of being loved. <laughs> doesn't doesn't resonate at yes. all. I'm sure. <laughs> not at all. No, I have no, no idea no. what you're talking about. <laughs> you are the most yes. Um, and it's in the ninth house of almost feeling like. I am foreign wherever I go, um, feeling like yeah. <laughs> I am always going against the traditional norm, religious norm, mm-hmm. um, feeling like I always have something more to learn and <laughs> uh, maybe feeling like I am not worth of I'm not worth sharing what I do know because I don't know enough. I'll never know enough to say I am prolific. Mm. Um, what is interesting and what causes the tension is that it's squaring your Mercury in Libra mm-hmm. in the 12th house too. So Mercury in Libra is going to always be appeasing everybody else, trying to talk up everyone else, just like you did, Jay. You said, oh, he is a prolific lyricist, <laughs> <laughs> you know, talk up everybody else. Yeah. Um, let's just, let's not really focus on me too much um, because then I, I have to be vulnerable. And I don't know that I'm, I'm ready because the 12th house is like, I want to keep it with myself. Yeah. He said that today. Um, The I'm not ready thing. (laughs) And you're just calling him out. Damn. (laughs) Teacher, teacher. I know. (laughs) That was that kid. You're going to get red. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What I thought was so interesting about your transits is that the moon is, the transiting moon is conjunct your natal Chiron. So moon is the minute hand, right? I always look at the moon to look at where am I feeling right now? Like I saw moon was in cancer today. I wrote down house projects Mm. because I was like, great time to work on the house. Um, So your moon is right on Chiron. It's time for these feelings to come up for you. It's going to go away. I mean, it's already leaving its orb, five degree orb. Um, But every 28 days, this kind of feeling is going to come back. That's your cycle. So every 28 days, we're going to kind of feel this way. Almost exactly like 
like to the day, like it's like <laughs> 28 days, 25 days is usually mm-hmm. like the day that I start going crazy. Like. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a little side note, I'm designing this 2022 journal for uh, to track the moon and how it affects you. And mm. so it's going to have on uh, every day it says where the sun and moon is, like what sign they're in. And then basically like pages to say, oh, moon and cancer this month made me feel this way. But because the sun was in Gemini, it also made me feel this way. Anyway, um, so I love tracking the moon. I'm obsessed with the moon. Uh, so, and not to mention that transiting moon is also conjunct transiting Mars. So those two are together. And I think that's significant because transiting Chiron is exactly conjunct your natal Mars. Mm-hmm. So it is time to start working on this now. Mm. And a week ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, back. In yes. Time. Good. Yeah. Going back into that cycle. It's also intercepted. You you guys know about interceptions? No, I don't know. Oh, okay. So interceptions basically mean that um, on either side. So like, say you have the ninth house and you have cancer in most your ninth house, but the cusp of your ninth house is actually ruled by Gemini and the cusp of your 10th house is ruled by Leo. So cancer is kind of stuck there in the ninth house. And that means the opposite house is also going to be true. So in the ninth and in the third house, you have these interceptions. These typically mean that anything that's in there is not going to become, is not going to come about until your early Mm thirties. So right about now, and I mean, that's where you are. So right about now is the time where, okay, this, so your Chiron, this is time to start working on my Chiron. Where and why do I feel unlovable? What triggers that feeling? Mm-hmm. And then also the ninth house, screw what everybody else thinks. I'm going to be me and I'm not going to feel like the odd one out anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's, <laughs> those are your chirons. Oh my goodness. I, I always start there because I mean, it's just the little soft spot. And uh, I feel like anyone who's trying to do intense work, you got to look at the soft spot first. I am an Aries, so I, I'm not the least, I'm not the most uh, gentle person. Oh, <laughs> I need to beat me up, please. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, you did mention something that you, uh, I think it was on the podcast, you, you had said, uh, your Chiron's kind of like when you're a baby and it's like that soft spot on your head. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the place that hasn't quite fully formed yet. And, and yeah, exactly. Like that's your there. little, that's your like death star where they could really get you, you know, a little hole mm-hmm. in death star. They attack just to, <laughs> to get to you. That's where I, I, uh, I love the star Wars reference. That's where, I like to, <laughs> that's where I like to push in and like ash my cigarettes out on. <laughs> yes i burn you (laughs) uh yeah so chiron is a is a fun one if you're prepared to talk about it definitely yeah um your numerology what i thought was really interesting is that you guys actually have the same life path wow yeah you both have one at one point yeah um and so your life path is obviously the path that your life is meant to take uh so both of you meant to be independent people um very independent, like cardinal sign. If you think about it that way, like very much, uh, I'm on my track and I'm focusing on me. I am prioritizing me here. Mm -hmm. Uh, but where that falls, where it could be, um, different is that there's soul urge and there's inner self soul urge is a come is the numerical value of all of the vowels in your name. Mm -hmm. And then there's inner self, which is the numerical value of all the consonants in your name, add those to get together and you get your expression number you guys have the exact same soul, inner, and expression number. <laughs> wow. That's interesting. Yeah. So you guys together makes makes a really, really great team. Um, 
<laughs> so for people just starting out in numerology, I mean, there's like so many numbers that you could figure out, like soul, inner, and expression. I wouldn't even start there. I would start with your life path number and then mm-hmm. your personal year number. Yeah. Because know, those are the big ones. I know I'm a one, so that would make you a one too, right? Like, yeah. 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 Um, we text each other at 11-11. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. 11-11. I I also have a connection. I'm an 11, 11 slash two, my life path. So I love, I love 11-11. So you guys, uh, your personal years, you know how to calculate those? No, no. Okay. So your personal year is basically like finding your life path, except you replace the year with uh, the current year. So the universal year is 2021 and that reduces to a five. Uh, but for personal years, uh, Demi, yours is a seven. You're going through a seven personal year, which is the number of uh, self-honesty, spiritual mm-hmm. growth, um, self-growth, like your personal journey, really, really getting attuned with yourself. Uh, and then, Jay, your personal year is a five, which is a year of taking risks, of gambling, of allowing <laughs> um, luck to play on your side. Yeah, I think of it as like kind of Sagittarian in a way. Uh, but almost like a little bit bolder, kind of like Sag with a little Scorpio in there. <laughs> well, I think this is interesting too, because like, you know, we were just talking about this maybe last week, but he, uh, you said this, but you, mm-hmm. you said, you know, he could be contrarian just for like no reason at all. Yes. But this, <laughs> this is the year that I'm trying to like, you know, pull him out. Like we went to Palm Springs like two weeks ago and like, you know, he's like, I, like, I would fun. just be sitting at home not doing a thing. But but I was going to say no. I, I was going to say no to going yeah. so I could sit home and be bored. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that is very like, let's see. Is Yeah. You have a lot of Taurus in your first house. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I have a Taurus moon. I'm allowed to say they can they can be a little lazy, a little bit stubborn. So yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm right there because the 25th, so I'm right in the on the cup. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, I think yeah. we have maybe uh, one more question for you. Okay. Uh, what have you manifested lately? Ah, I started manifesting with numbers, so writing numbers on my wrist at the beginning of the day. I started, uh, not at all gently. I started very intensely writing 1111 on my wrist because I am an 11 and I love 1111. Um, and suddenly I manifested something very much related to my North node in Scorpio in the, in the, at my Nadir. So it's conjunct my Pluto. Uh, so related to family stuff, uh, I had manifested healing, intense healing through that. And then a little bit lighter, I, um, I just got my second dose of the COVID vaccine nice. and I wrote, I wrote three, 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 which is, uh, adds up to three, but also makes sixes. So numbers of optimism, because I was really scared of getting super sick. Uh, and also the six, which is a number of health and perfection and just home life. Great. No worries about that. So I manifested that I did not get sick too badly. So you're actually like writing numerology on your arm oh yeah manifest mm-hmm. this is yeah. interesting i've not heard about this before <laughs> i uh i told my my really great friend sheila height this and she goes well mercury rules the wrist it rules writing and it rules numbers so i'm you know and mercury's a communicator i'm communicating with the divine by saying this is what i want thank you 
and goodbye. <laughs> it's wow. almost like it's almost I don't know Harry Potter, but like if you're going, it's it's the um it's the uh, the journal that he writes in. <laughs> oh yeah, to Tom Riddle. <laughs> I love that. Yes. <laughs> no, I love a Harry Potter reference. I've just started re- uh, referring to my day job that I'm kind of transitioning away from as my Muggle job and my mm-hmm. my Muggle world. So. <laughs> Yeah, I wish I didn't have a muggle job myself, but here we are. Yeah. Here, here. I, I don't know why I acted like I had a glass in this hand. I don't. I just said, you're here with no mug. Pretend that there well, was. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, Mimi, this has been lovely. Where can our listeners and viewers uh, find you? Um, so I should really fix my Instagram handle, but uh, it is Mimi's Me is Mimi. <laughs> yeah, I was confused myself. <laughs> Maybe. Can I spell that out? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. M I M I. S me M E I S M I M I Mimi's me is Mimi. Very complicated. <laughs> it's complicated. I will write it in the show notes for sure. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. I know I've, after doing a couple of these interviews, I'm like, okay, I need to change it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, can we get like, where can we like get a reading from you or anything? Or So you can book a uh, reading with me through just, you could DM me on Instagram or you could uh, go to my website, harveymountainalchemy.com. I make candles. I'm starting to uh, sell crystal infused candles as well and herbal teas. Wow. Yeah, so I do um I do some of that too. Awesome. That sounds lovely. I'm gonna check that out myself actually. I love yeah. candles. Yeah. Good. Uh, Please do. Thank you again, Mimi. This has been lovely. Um, yeah, it was so nice to meet you guys. Yeah, you thank too. you too. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll keep in touch. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> Me how to dug you. Teach me, teach me how to dug you. Teach me how to do that. Uh, anyways, uh, welcome back to the show. <laughs> um, we have a quote that we're going to finish this episode off with. We do. And this is a quote that I've seen several times, but I don't know if we've actually done it. If we have, sorry, but uh, I wanted to do it again because I love it that much. Uh, dwell on the beauty of life. Watch the stars and see yourself running with them. And that is from Marcus Aurelius. Yes. Let's say that one more time, actually. Yeah. Dwell on the beauty of life. Watch the stars and see yourself running with them. Marcus Aurelius. Yes. Marcus Aurelius. Um, we gratitude list. Let's jump into that. Let's things do that. that we're, what are three things you're grateful for? I'll start. Um, I'm grateful for you, obviously. Mm. Uh, you know, you're just always there for me and, and vice versa. Yes. And <laughs> heart. Oh, yeah. Nobody can see that. Nobody can see that. But hearts. Um, I'm grateful for. Oh, man. I, I mean, I got a bunch of money yesterday. Oh, yeah. So we'll be going Red Lobster Sizzler. <laughs> Red Lobster, baby. Mm. Actually, you know, I've funny story. I've been to Red Lobster recently. It wasn't that good. Oh, wow. It wasn't that great. But the bread. The bread was the best part. Yeah. But (laughs) I don't know why anybody else would go Red Lobster for anything else. I I, I had some for uh, one of those boxes on my fridge of Red Lobster biscuits. Yeah. I was like wanting to buy them or buy them, make them. And I I, I finally made them uh, in my surgery. Anyway, I cut you off for your your gratitude. (laughs) Anyways. Um, Talk about Red Lobster bread. Mm. I'm grateful for Red Lobster bread. (laughs) No. Um, I, I'm grateful for this, this, this money that just, you know, jumped into my account and I, I definitely needed it and I'm going to be using it to, um, uh, do some things I need to do this week. 
Um, and, um, yeah, I'm also grateful for, uh, you know, going on vacation? Question mark? Ooh. Because, I mean, so I'm going to visit my grandparents in two weeks, and, and you're, you'll be gone next weekend. And so uh, we have filler episodes coming in. So I, I, I'm grateful. To, it's the first time I've seen my grandparents in, like, over a year. Maybe two. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So my grandma called me and guilt, guilted me into it. So I'm going to do it. And I'm also might go to San Francisco for a day. Ooh, San yeah. Francisco. What are you grateful for? I'm grateful. I'm always grateful for you. Yeah. And for the show. I don't know if I should. I'm going to lump you two together now so I can add <laughs> extra stuff. But for, no, but you, you always show up for me. Uh, you took me to that bad date last week. <laughs> so thank you for that. But no, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, and this show, cause it keeps me like, even on times when I don't want to have, I don't want to be positive sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I want to, I don't know if you people know this, not you people, but <laughs> you people, <laughs> you know, not in the racist way. If you guys know me, anyhow, I, sometimes I can kind of like get lost in the negativity. Mm-hmm. And one of the things the show does is, and you do too, mm-hmm. redirect me back to the positive. So I'm glad about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that I have gotten this habit of working out. Even though I don't jog, I don't flake out on my workout days. So I'm, I'm grateful for that. And no, that's something bad to be grateful for. So I won't say that. Uh, and I'm grateful that I, I have a new type of schedule, I think, as far as yeah. that I had a good day as far as making calls on my job last week. And I have a, I think I made a new schedule of how I'm going to handle my job. So I'm grateful for that. Absolutely. Yeah. We're grateful for you guys, too, our listeners, our yes. dear star seeds. Star seeds. And if you're grateful for us, you can follow us on social media. Where? At Instagram, at A Cosmic Journey Pod. On Twitter, at A Cosmic Journey Pod. We couldn't afford the EY. Cost too much. I'm Dimitri Wilde on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm J.Maceo Music. That's J. Maceo Music at uh, Instagram or on Instagram and uh, Twitter and all the above. All the above. Um, uh, you can join our Facebook group where you can interact with us uh, directly. You can send us memes and articles for our show. Um, you know, we don't have anybody on there just yet, but you're welcome to join if you would like to. Um, it's just a great way to interact with us and, uh, and to be a part of the show. Yeah. And we have. And that's called YouTube. Starseed Central, by the way. We also have YouTube. We have uh, Cosmic News, Interviews, My Cosmic Insights. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, and the best way that you can support the show is just rate, share, and subscribe. Yes, do that. Oh, by the way, if you send us a comment on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, and so we're doing a, a giveaway, basically. So uh, if you uh, comment on... I can't say this for some reason. <laughs> because you want it to sink in. You want them to pull it I want it, it to sink listen. in, but it's like not even sinking into me. If you leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, screenshot it, send it to us, and then we can give you a free gift in the process. So, boom. There we go. Boom. Well, we love you guys. Thanks for listening. And as always... Godspeed, Star Godspeed, Star Seeds. Seeds.